want to continue to pray for all of the church family. Ask God to keep his hand up on them. Pray for Brother Looper and his family. Remember, sister, the, uh, the ones that are sick and can't they be here. And, uh, and ask God to heal them. He's a miracle working God. Hallelujah. And we want to pray for Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. We want to pray for Fred Quillen, Alice Quillen, and like I say, all that are sick, not able to be here. Hallelujah. And Sister McKinley and Sister Alice Quillen and everyone that's sick and everyone that can't come to church. We ask God to heal them, to bless them. But I tell you what, I'm glad I'm in church today. Hallelujah. 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 So as we pray, church, let's invite God to just take charge of this service this morning. Let's love Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God ever need, ever trust, ever trust our hope. Hallelujah. God ever petition, ever want God to save Ask you to touch them, Lord. Ask you to touch them. You ever need, you have your way in this service, Lord. Help us, God, come in and be with us. God, have your way, Lord. Ever petition, you more than able. God, you more than able. You more than able, God. You more than able. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated if you like. And brothers, if you would, set the offering pans out. Brother Justin, get ready to sing for us. And thank God again to be in church. Hallelujah.
be with our church family and everybody that we, we love. Thank God for everything He's done for me this morning.
child So full of fear Used to find my pride And held me near You were my friend And you believed in me And when my faith grew Praise the Lord, everybody. Why don't we give the Lord a hand clap of praise today? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. God's good to us today. Amen. God is really, 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 really good to us today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Lord bless you. You can be seated for a few moments. Brother Aaron, come here just a minute. What are you, about 6'3", six, 6'4"? Six, huh? Alright, this is what I want you to do. I'm going to sacrifice you this morning. Lay down on the altar. Yeah, just, just lay f- yeah, on your stomach. Y'all see that? That's with his shoes stood, sticking out there. That's probably about six foot seven. So about right here. That's six foot. That's what we're trying to do today is stay six foot apart. Okay. <laughs> now, look, y'all help me as much as you can. Whatever way you got to scoot, try to scoot. Try to, let's try to. Abide by that rule, and I know it's difficult. And I know for the most part, people are through with social distancing. But 
Um, just like the virus was here seven weeks ago, it's still here today. And uh, so it's still just as real now. Now, um, I think a lot of it is, anyway, we don't want to get into all of that, but they have put fear in the hearts of people. I think that is a little bit unnecessary. And uh, But we are thankful today that they are trying to open things back up. And we are so glad for that. And uh, I'm glad for our leaders and our officials, both um, in the White House and uh, some of them, you know, in the Congress and the Senate, I'm not too happy about. But for the most part, I'm thankful for our leaders and uh, thankful for our local leaders that see the need that things need to open back up and people need to get back to their lives in reality. You know, how long can we live like that? And, um, of course, I don't know about you. Some of you might have been blessed by the government, but so far the government hadn't sent me one little penny. And uh, I really, you know, I, I really don't care if they do or not at this point. But I do want, I do want, I do want to be able to work. And I do want to be able to preach to you people inside the church. And so, and so if, if you have been fortunate enough to get that, be thankful for it. But remember this. Remember this, if you rely on that and you allow somebody to feed you and clothe you and take care of you, they dictate what you do and don't you ever forget it. There is no such thing as a free lunch today. And uh, so I'm not, I'm not a socialist, I'm not a communist, I believe in democracy and I believe... I believe in the United States of America. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I certainly believe in the great state of Texas. Praise God. I do occasionally feel sorry for the majority of my family that has to live in Arkansas. But... You know, God's blessings be upon them. He has to bless them double compared to what He blesses me because I get to live in Texas. And uh, so anyway, I am, I am thankful uh, for this opportunity. And uh, so we want to do our part. We do not want an outbreak. Lord, if we have another outbreak, they're going to lock us up for six more months. And uh, I don't know if... Uh, <laughs> Some of your marriage may not even be able to take that, but anyway, I was listening to to uh, Fox News the other day, and they had a marriage counselor on there, and and he was telling people, he said, "Now look, just stay calm. Now, if you were planning on a divorce before you went into this, you know it's probably evident that that it will ultimately lead to that." Said, but. 
But if you wasn't having any trouble and all of a sudden you've been stuck in the house with each other for six or seven weeks, and now you think you can't live together, said, wait till this is all over. Don't file for divorce right now. So I want to encourage you. Don't file for divorce right now. Don't leave home right now. Uh, teenagers, don't, don't walk out of a good, nice house right now. Just stay calm and cool and collective and the Lord's going to help us. But I tell you, it, last night, I got to go sit down at a restaurant. I didn't know I missed those places so much. And uh, I'm thankful for that. And, uh, man, I am so thankful to be in the house of the Lord today. And we want to pray for those who are unable to be here. I want to say this. Um, I have said this. I sent out a letter. I hope that, that you received it. That's the reason why it's important that we have your email address and it's important that you be on the, the texting list where you can get the information that you need. But I sent this out. I want this to be very clear. I know that any time that you're shut in with people, as much as we try to practice social distancing, I'm not sure that that the virus just goes out six feet and falls dead to the ground. Uh, I think it can probably travel more than that. That's the reason why we, first of all, need the touch of God and the help of God, the mercy and the grace of God on our life. But I want it to be very clear as I sent out that letter, no one is criticized. If you're fearful to come to the house of God, I totally understand. And uh, you will not be criticized or preached to or backhanded by me. I understand that. Especially the elderly. Um, I know this can be very devastating to someone who has medical problems and are, are older. And... Uh, I have a few times tried to get Brother and Sister Duplessis to stay home, but it don't work. And um, we tried to get them to uh, not go to the grocery store and not go to the dollar store, but it didn't work. So if you see them here, we probably shouldn't even go into that. But anyway... Uh, we want to uh, we want to pray for all of the saints of God, and I'll be glad that when we are all able to come in here together, and uh, <laughs> and uh, worship God together. But I want everyone to know that all of you that are listening on the internet, and this is what I encourage you to do. I think being at church is of the utmost importance. And I think it's of a high necessity. And so if I were you and I were fearful to come into the house of God, at least one time on Sunday, I would sit in the parking lot and listen to the church service on my phone instead of being at my house. Because there's something, this whole property is dedicated to the worship and the praise of our great God. And there's just, you know the way it was. We was away, I guess, only a week um, that we did not have a gathering, some type of gathering here at the church. 
And then anybody remember that, that Easter Sunday? What it felt like just to be on the parking lot of the church? And uh, so uh, that we should never lose that feeling, church. And that's what I encourage you to do. I encourage you this morning to make your house a church. When you know that we're worshiping in the house of God, you ought to be worshiping in your house. When we're reading the Word of God in the house of God, you need to be reading the Word of God in your house. Don't be cooking. Don't be cleaning. It's no time to miss church. It's a time to participate in church. And so that's what I encourage you to do. We want to pray. And I hope nobody misunderstands that. I've got text. I've tried to make that clear. And uh, I want to make that extremely clear today. So I hope that you have understood that we want to pray uh, for Brother Richard. He's in the hospital, not with the virus, thank God, but uh, he fell and hurt his leg and they're having trouble getting it cleared up and we want to pray for him. And we want to pray for Sister Bobby. We want to pray for their family. Um, Ricky, their son's wife, passed away um, this weekend and we want to ask God to touch them and help them. And strengthen them. And we will be having a memorial service here for her. I think it is the 16th uh, on a Saturday. The 16th. So anyone that could show your support. I'm not, I don't think Sister Bobby will even be able to come. Uh, because the nursing homes are locked down so tight. And uh, we pray that Brother Richard is able to be here. And so let's pray for that family and ask God to touch them. We want to pray especially for Sister Alice and her family. And uh, we know a God that is a miracle worker. And uh, He's still in control of the affairs and the lives of men and women. And so we pray for them, pray for her and their family. We pray for uh, Brother McKinley and Sister McKinley and their family. Ask the Lord to touch them. And it has been a joy having Brother and Sister McKinley here with us in the house of God. And uh, we pray that God would perform a miracle for her and help Brother McKinley and his family today. I know this is a very tragic time. And um, any time, you know, I, I think about this and I think about the craziness of this. And at times we have made light of it and we think it's foolish. But think some people is touched a little bit harder than others. And for um, this family, uh, the Quillen family and the McKinley family, it's real. And so let's hold them up in prayer and pray that God would give them a miracle from heaven. Next Sunday. Does anybody know what next Sunday is? Mother's Day. Man, that's our... We have missed out on the two largest crowds of the year for us. Easter and Mother's Day. That's not fair. And uh, so I, I know that this would put a damper on, uh, on everyone's uh, time together. I know it will put a damper on how many people come to the house of God. But remind all of your children, mothers, that next year the only thing that you want is them just to be in the house of God with you. So let's celebrate our mothers in a special way come Sunday. Make sure you do something very nice.
And uh, I think, I think, now I know some of you men are a little bit hard-headed. Some of you men say that your wife wouldn't appreciate it. But every man in here that has a mother or a wife that is the mother of your children, your wife ought to be wearing a cassage next week. Boy, that was weak. That was weak. We got some flower people here that are to be shouting amen anyway. But they should, they should be. If not, if you don't want to do that and she says, oh no, there's no way that I would wear it. A dozen roses sitting on your kitchen table would be just fine. So remember that. And uh, do something very nice. And uh, remember that. Remember that. And I want to tell you, from experience, it's much nicer to be able to call your mother or spend time with her on Mother's Day, buy her flowers while she's alive, than put flowers on a grave. And today, I think, is 11 years ago today that my mother passed away. And uh, I miss her. You know, with time, time heals a lot of things, but some things you just live with in life. And uh, I am extremely thankful for a good godly mother that raised me in the house of God and the times that we had together and uh, all the correction that she gave me. Of course, she denied this till the day that she died, but the time that she grabbed me by the hair of my head and took off her slipper, her house shoe, and beat the ever-living snot out of me. And uh, she would hold me. She could hold me still by my hair. Right now, she would have a lot to hold on to. <clears throat> and uh, I don't think I've had hair this long since I was a teenager. And it probably wasn't this long because my daddy kept pretty close uh, <clears throat> shears on me for that. But mm, I'm ready for the barber shops to open up. My wife keeps telling me she wants to cut my hair, but I'll just leave it long. This is no sign that when all of this is over, guys, that you can wear your hair long. But it's just a matter of what we got to deal with right now. So remember your mothers in a special way. Uh, there'll be church here tonight. And uh, looking forward to a great move of the Holy Ghost starting at 7 o'clock. Remember to be here early for church. I... During this time, I've understood and realized why we have prayer rooms. Because it's very distracting trying to pray when people's trying to talk. So let's come in here 30 minutes before church starts. Let's get our mind on God. Let's turn this sanctuary into a prayer room, okay? And uh, if, if you want to talk, uh, stay out in the lobby. When you enter into this place, get your mind on God. And uh, let's pray together. And uh, it is an honor and a privilege and a, a great a great time to have Brother Rick's daughter and family here with us. Glad that they're here. And uh, Lord bless them. Everyone else that's in the house of God, Lord bless you for being in church today. I know I've talked a long time. Maybe I won't preach quite as long, but it's been a long time since I stood behind this pulpit, folks. And uh, But anyway, after last Sunday, I couldn't talk for 
almost all week, so I got to save a little bit. But if you have your Bibles, turn to Second Chronicles chapter number 7. Second Chronicles chapter number 7. I hope today that all of you are, and I, I can see the expressions on your face, all of you are as happy about being in the house of God as I am. I am so excited about being here. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse number 13. This is the prayer of the dedication of the Temple of Solomon. And... Uh, there was a very lengthy prayer. Solomon bowed before the Lord on his knees and prayed for quite some time. And I want to take a little bit out of this this morning and preach to you what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart for this service. The Bible says in verse number 13, If I shut up the heavens and there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence, everybody knows what pestilence are? Pestilence is that little pesty thing called COVID-19. If I send pestilence among my people, <clears throat> this is what will happen if you will do your part. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray... And seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. This is a great thing. And I will forgive their sin. And I will heal their land. Now pay very close attention to verse number 15. Now mine eyes shall be opened. And mine ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. In this place. There is no place like this place. Let me say that again. There is no place like this place. Let's clap our hands and worship the Lord today. God, we love you today. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to be in your house today. To worship and to praise and to glorify your great name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. There is no place like this place. That's what I want to talk to you about for the next few moments this morning, church, is there is no place. Say that with me. There is no place like this place. Amen. A few, I guess a few weeks ago now, uh, Brother Allen sent me this, this text since he did. I've heard multiple people that has read it and shared it with me. Um, but the first time that I read it, I got it from him. Now, I never thought, I never thought 
hold up just a second. Something just jumped on my mind. Let's pray for Sister Terry. She's a flight attendant and she's off work because of the flights are not flying right now. But, but pray that the Lord will help her out. She works for Delta Airlines and pray that God would help her out and get, bless her with a good job. But anyway, let me get back. That's Brother Duplessy moment just jumped on me there. <clears throat> uh, but I never thought, I never thought that I would quote Hulk Hogan from the pulpit. But I want to quote Hulk Hogan this morning. And Hulk Hogan put this, I guess it's on his Instagram page at this time. Of course, this was, this was about five weeks ago. Fortunately, it had 72,666 likes. It's a little more than my Instagram page. But anyway, I just want every once in a while to get one just to see if anybody likes me. But <clears throat> he said, he said this, he said, just like he did with the plagues of Egypt. God has taken away everything we worship. God said, you want to worship athletes? I will shut down the stadiums. You want to worship musicians? I will shut down the civic centers. You want to worship actors? I will shut down the theaters. You want to worship money? I will shut down the economy and collapse the stock market. You don't want to go to church and worship me? I will make it where you can't go to church. And then he quoted this, and I found it very interesting that he put this in there, and it's the King James Version. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And it goes back to him and he says, maybe we don't need a vaccine. Maybe we need to take this time of isolation from the distractions of the world and have a personal revival where we focus only on the things, only on the thing in the world that really matters. Jesus. I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting. When I read it, I never thought that it would have come from him, but I give him credit today that he has seen a little deeper than a lot of people have seen as what is going on in the world today. And so, with that being said, takes me to to the Scripture text that I have read about what God has sent. When I think about Solomon's temple, the Bible says in Second Chronicles chapter number 5, verses number 1 and 2, it says, Thus all the work that Solomon made for the house of the Lord was finished. And Solomon brought in all the things that David, his father, had dedicated. And the silver and the gold and all the instruments. Put he among the treasures 
of the house of God. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the chiefs, the fathers of the children of Israel, unto Jerusalem. Remember, Jerusalem is important. The Bible says that it is the mother of us all. To bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. After seven years of labor, of working on the temple, it was finally completed. And it was time to move in and start the dedication and the celebration of Solomon's temple. Up until that point, never a place had been built like this place. Never a building had been erected such as this building. I was looking up some things today. Now, there is conflicting opinions on this on the Internet. And so, you know, I can say it's true because I read it on the Internet. But I don't know if it is true or not, but when you take into consideration the amount of gold that was in Solomon's temple. Now, Solomon's temple was not an extremely large building with the courts and everything. The square footage was 16,200 feet. It was 50 feet tall, which is... Not a large building at all compared to today's standards. When I think about one of the, a few years ago, I don't know, they probably outdone it now, but when they built the new uh, stadium in Dallas, Texas for the Cowboys. What is, is it Texas Stadium? Is that what it's called now? But whatever it is, they, I think it cost one billion dollars. Now that building is large enough, it's got a football field in it, of course, but then on top of that, I believe it will seat in the stands 109,000 people. I did not have the square footage of that, but it is quite a bit larger than 16,200 feet. This building, I think, roughly with the wings and everything, is somewhere around 14,000 square feet. So it gives you an indication of how, really not how big, but how small Solomon's temple really was. That took seven years to build. Now, they did not have uh, the kind of equipment that we have today, and they used a lot of manpower, a lot of camel power, a lot of horsepower, and things like that. But... And they used a lot of men power. They used a lot of slaves that was working at that time. And uh, it is quite amazing when you go back and you look at uh, Jerusalem and you look at the Temple Mount where the temple was built. They have, they have dug down and they have found layers of, uh, I think it is actually the second temple, I can't remember I was trying to go back and find some of that information, but I think it was a second temple that there are still parts of the wall. There's part uh, of, of uh, under underneath 
where the mosque is now is all of this stuff where they dug tunnels and you, we, we were able to walk through that and see it. It was really amazing that something that has lasted such a long time. But I was trying to look and figure out what the cost of Solomon's temple was. Now, this is what I found out a little bit about. It was 216 billion, 603 million, 576,000. Now, that's in today's money. If we were to build Solomon's temple, that's what it would cost. Now, take in consideration the stadium at Dallas that is built in Dallas, I think, cost one billion. You're looking at 216 billion. And then another over a half billion after that for the the finances to build a building that is roughly 1,600 square feet. So when you think about that, there was a whole lot of gold. I think one place that I read, something like 32 tons that was brought in for the building of the temple. 32 tons of gold at what is today's price, $1,600 an ounce. That's a lot, a lot, a lot of money. And so it was, it was amazing. And when, when it was completed, there was, there was just astonishment and amaze. People come from all over the known world at that time to see the temple that Solomon had built, the house that Solomon had built, and to experience firsthand the wisdom of Solomon. What I find very interesting is that when the queen of Sheba came and she's seen the majesty of the house and she's seen the beauty of the house and the expense that the house cost and the detail, I think, am I, I'm just thinking of this off the top of my head, but I don't think there was a sound of a hammer during the building of the temple. Imagine that. Now, when we was building this this house, there was a lot of hammers. There was a lot of sound of nail guns, and uh, there was brother brother Lewis was cleaning up everything that you dropped. If you laid something down, it was forever gone. And but I want to tell you, he kept a clean job site. I think through this project that he missed two days because he had doctor's appointments in a whole year. And thank God for faithfulness of men such as that. But not a sound of a hammer was heard in the building of the temple. Now that complicates things. They were moving things in. They were building things outside. Putting them in position and fastening them in position. And then what the queen of Sheba said, she's seen the majesty of the house She experienced the wisdom of Solomon. And you know what her main amazement was? The joy that the men have as they go up to the house of God. I want to tell you and I want to remind you today that when you're going to church, 
You're going up. That's a reason why. That's a reason why sometimes it's difficult to go to church. Because it is an uphill battle. But let it always be with joy when we start going up to the house of God. Amen. 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 The prayer of the dedication of the temple that Solomon had built for God was amazing. It was, it was amazing. The prayer, just Solomon's words, such a wise man. And when he began to pray and he said, God, if your people sin and they are taken captive, into a strange land. And they turned their face in the direction of this house. And they humble themselves and pray, God, would you hear their cry just by looking in the direction of this house? That's the reason why I think that if you can't come into the church, come to the parking lot. Amen. If you find yourself busy through the week and can't have time to come into the house of God to pray on your way to work, drive through the parking lot. Make a connection to the house of God that is dedicated to worship and to glorify and to magnify God. Amen. Amen. But can you imagine, can you imagine after some time, after the building of the temple, after the glory, man, the sacrifices that were were offered that day and that week were incredible. Thousands and thousands of animals. Gallons and gallons and gallons of blood that was shed. And what a celebration when they were able to carry the Ark of the Covenant to its resting place. The glory of God. The glory of God. The presence of the Almighty. Amen. Into the holiest of holies. Into the glorious place that God was going to dwell. Finally, a house, a permanent house had been built. But when you read the Word of God... And you start reading through the books of Chronicles. You will find some short chapters later. In chapter number 29, we find that the house of God was partially destroyed. The house of God, the doors of the house of God were boarded up. Can you imagine a house that costs Two hundred and sixteen and a half billion dollars. A house that gradually, gradually, piece by piece, the enemy had come in and taken the gold, taken the silver, taken the treasures of the house of God. Some of these things that David prepared were never on display. They were stored in the house of God. And they called them the treasures of the house of God. But little by little, the enemy had come in and stolen. They had tore down the walls. 
They had broken down the doors. The house of God to the children of Judah and Israel, which the kingdom was divided. And Judah had control of Jerusalem. To the children of Israel, it was for none effect so pitiful, so horrible, so left in shambles and ruins that they actually closed the doors. Boarded them up. Then... In chapter 29, verse number 1, 2 Chronicles, Hezekiah began to reign. He was five and twenty years old when he reigned nine years, or nine and twenty years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did that which was right. In the sight of the Lord, according to all that David his father had done. He in the first year, in the very first year of his reign, in the first month of his reign, opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. Their fathers had shut the door. But when Hezekiah began to reign, in verse number 5 through 7, And he said unto them, Hear me, ye Levites, sanctify now yourselves, and sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers, and carry forth the filthiness out of the holy place. Now you must take in consideration that between Solomon's time and now, not only had the enemy come in and begin to destroy the temple of God and to steal from the temple of God, but there was houses of prostitution that was in connection, very close connection with the house of God. There was houses that the Sodomites dwelt in. This is how bad the time and the day and the hour was that they were living in. But Hezekiah had a heart after God. And he said, the first thing that I'm going to do when I become king is I'm taking down the boards off of the door of the house of God. It's time to clean out the filthiness that the enemy has brought into the house of God. Amen. The filthiness out of the... Not only just in the house of the Lord, but the filthiness, He said, that was in the holy place. For our fathers have trespassed and done that which was evil in the sight of of the Lord our God and have forsaken Him and turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord and turned their backs. Also, they have shut the doors of the porch. It was not enough. It was not enough for the filthiness and the thieves to come in and the steal and the prostitution and the sodomites to be in close connection with the house of God. But the devil is never satisfied until he can build a wall to keep you from the house of the Lord. 
Amen. Now I will say again, as I have said before, in case you misunderstand, listen to me very closely. I do not believe that this is the apocalypse. I do not believe that this is the end of the world. I do not believe that this was a total attack against religion. I believe that it was a total attack, and I believe that it is very seriously attack against our our freedom, amen, and the way that we live and conduct our lives. And we have lost some things through this and are still losing some things that we will never regain. If you don't think so, they never let a crisis go without taking advantage of it. Amen. There is trillions of dollars that are being spent. How are we going to repay that? You know what they're going to do? They're going to print more money. And when they print more money, that makes inflation go up and your dollar value go down. How many's bought a pound of hamburger meat in the last week? It went from a dollar ninety-eight to five dollars a pound. How many's bought a pork loin in the last few weeks? A pork loin that long cost twenty dollars, which when you could have went two weeks ago and got it for nine dollars. Amen. You see, we are facing the effects of what is happening, and I want to tell you today, our society, and there is a group in this country that will not be satisfied. They're not satisfied that they've allowed homosexuals in the pulpit. They're not satisfied because you can come to church and live as you please and do what you want to do. And they have brought filthiness into the house of God. But they will never be satisfied until they stop us from coming and worshiping and glorifying and magnifying God. Amen. There is an unseen agenda that is in this world today. And I want to tell you, you might not like this, and you might not agree with me, but you better wake up as a Christian. You better get a hold of yourself and shake your spirituality. Amen. As America, we better get a hold of ourselves and shake our spirituality. Amen. It come down to two on the Democratic side. One of them don't know who he is, I don't think. And the other was a right out socialist that's what he is that's what he practices that's what he believes let me stop just for a minute to say this now this is not on my message but I am getting sidetracked you can take from the haves and give it to the have nots you can do that and the haves are going to recover and the have nots are going to remain the same You can feed somebody all day long and never help them out of their dilemma. But you can teach them how to make a living and God give them a desire to work and change their entire life. Look at the other countries. That's what I can't understand. Look at the other countries that has a socialist government. It don't work. 
Amen. This is not a perfect way, but this is still the best way. Thank God for America. Let's keep America, America. Hallelujah. 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 Wake up, church. Wake up, church. I call for every church, not just the blood-bought church, which we are part of. Amen. But every religion needs to stand together. Every strong person needs to wake up and realize, oh yeah, free money, free money, free money. There is no such thing as free money. Somebody's paying for what you're getting. God gave us a back to work. Amen. Amen. It's not to lay on all the time. This right back here was given. It's not, it's not something that you sit on all the time, but it's muscles in your body to work with. Amen. And that's still what God desires and requires. That's what God wants out of His people. Amen. He don't want a bunch of bums. Hallelujah. That has absolutely nothing to do with what I'm preaching about. But it is kind of my candy stick, I guess. That's the reason why. That's the reason why I say, I say that what we do with picking up children and bringing them to the house of God is of the utmost importance. You say, oh my Lord, you can't change them. No, but we've got what can change them. We can fuss about it all we want to, all we want to, all we want to, and fuss and fuss and fuss. But we have what they need to change their life and turn them into productive citizens. They've got to see an example. Hey, there is a better way. There is a better way. I can make something out of myself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, where was I at? So Hezekiah began to break down the doors, to open the doors of the house of God. He opened the doors of the house of God and repaired them. Their fathers have gotten so far away from God that, that the house of God becomes just like any other place. We don't need that place anymore. So let's just don't worry about fixing it. We'll shut the doors. And he said, hear me, Levites. Sanctify yourselves. Get ready. Get prepared. Take the filthiness out of the holy place. For our fathers have trespassed and done that which is evil in the eyes of the Lord our God. And have forsaken Him. And have turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord. And turned their backs also, they have shut up the doors of the porch and put the lamps out. The lamps out. The fire of God that was to never go out. You remember Samuel? That was his job. Keep the lamp burning. Keep the light going. They had put out the lamps and have not burned incense nor offered offering in the holy place. Unto the God of Israel. Eight days was spent 
by the Levites cleansing the temple, cleansing themselves and cleansing the temple. And then after eight days, they began to offer burnt offerings. When they had the cleansing of the temple complete, Hezekiah sent out letters. He sent out letters not only to Judah, but he sent out letters to all Israel. And he said, we are going to have a feast. It's time that we would turn back to God and we would all come together to Jerusalem to worship. Some of them laughed him and mocked at him. Some of them were upset with what Hezekiah was doing. But Hezekiah had a mind for God and had a love for the house of God. And the children of Israel were present. Some of them came and they made their journey. I think it was three times a year that the children of God were to make their journey back to Jerusalem to worship and to magnify God for different feast days. And so they had made their way. And there was present at Jerusalem to keep the feast of the unleavened bread. Seven days with great gladness. And the Levites and the priests praised the Lord day by day. Singing. Now listen to this. This, this might offend some of you. But this is what happened. Look at, look at 2 Chronicles chapter 30, verse number 21. They praise, they, they, the priests praise the Lord day by day, singing with loud instruments unto the Lord. Oh, it's so loud in here. Well, I, hey, I have no problem with you wearing earplugs. Sometimes I want to get some. It's loud in here. I know it's loud. And I told them before, I said, oh, dear Lord, turn that down. But I want to tell you, when you worship God, there is something about, it's an elevation of the whole mind, body, and soul. There's something that begins to happen. It started out kind of quiet. We hadn't been here in a while. Amen. We hadn't been to the house of God in a while. The house of God has been boarded up for years and years. There is filthiness that's been in the house of God. But all of a sudden, the boards are torn off of the house of of God and the doors are open and here we come to cleanse the house of God and it has been properly cleansed but now it's time to worship it's time to oh yes I feel the Holy Ghost in this place today amen it's time to worship it's time to quake up the instruments it's time to sing praises unto God why because we are entering back into the court of God. Amen. We are back in the presence of God. It's been a long time, but there's no place like this place. 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 Amen. I've been to the Rocky Mountains. I've been to the Grand Tetons. I've been to uh, the Grand Canyon. I've been to Vegas. 
Never been to New York. Don't want to go there right now. I've been to Chicago. I've been to LA. I've been to Washington DC. I've had, I've been to Hawaii. Oh, I'd like to go back. I've been here. I've been there. I've been to Disney World. Amen. But I want to tell you today, all of those places may be great. It might be fun. It might be entertaining. But there is no place like this place. I encourage you today. Don't allow the doors of the house of God to be boarded up in your life. Don't allow church to be common. Don't allow church to be like Walmart. Don't allow church to be like Disney World. Don't allow church to be like your favorite vacation spot. Amen. But this church, this church, this house, it's not like any other place. When I'm down, I can go to church. When I'm up, I can go to church. When I'm sick, I can go to church. Don't shut the church. Don't board up the church. Don't keep me from church. There's no place. There's no place like this place. What the devil does, what the devil does in our life This is what the devil does in our life. When you have failed and when you have made a mistake, and probably through this some has gotten a little cold in the Lord, the devil starts boarding up. I'm not talking about physically now. I'm talking about spiritually. The Lord, the the people, are you, you allow the devil to start boarding up the doors of the house of God. Why? Because the devil knows if the doors ever get open, something's about to happen, and a change is about to take place. If you're backslid in your spirit today, you're at the right place. Open up the doors of the house of God, and let God touch you. Let God heal you. Let God touch your mind. Let God renew you in the Holy Ghost today. Not just singing and not just music playing, but the music kept getting elevated. The voices kept rising. Why? I tell you, it's like when you get excited, you start saying something and you start getting excited. You don't elevate your voice on purpose. It just starts happening. And that's what happens when we get to church. I come to church and I'm quiet. I come to church and I'm kind of... Uh, subdued. I'm kind of laid back. But there's something about when the doors come open. There's no place. There's no place. There's no place. There's no place. I said there's no place like this place. Hallelujah. I'm getting ready to quit if it comes to the music. No place. No place. No place. No place. No place. 
No. Oh, did you hear me? No place. Thank God for the parking lot. Thank God that we were able to gather in the parking lot. But I feel just a little bit more like myself today. Thank God for the internet. But it's no fun preaching in this place to an empty building and empty pews. Oh, there's no place. It feels good to be able to come to the house of God. It feels good to be able to lift my hands and to worship and to praise and to glorify my God in His house. See, this is what happens. This is what happens. And all the congregation of Judah with the priests and the Levites and all the congregation that came out of Egypt or out of Israel and the strangers that came out of the land of Israel and that dwelt in Judah. They sat there on their hands like God just better be glad that I showed up today. I hope that Spirit leaves us forever. That we never approach the house of God the same ever again. But maybe God has kept us away these few weeks where He would stir up an energizer bunny inside of us that helps us to realize, Oh, don't take it for granted! Don't take it for granted! Don't take my church. Don't take my church. Don't take my church. Don't take my church. Let me get to church. Let me get to the house of God. Let me worship in His sanctuary. It said they did not sit there idly watching the show. But it says this. They rejoiced. This says this. They rejoiced. Why did they rejoice? I tell you why they rejoiced. They had been kept out of church for six weeks. The devil says, oh, why are you acting like this? Why did you come into church and tears start rolling down your face? Because I've been out of church for six weeks. I've not been able to come into the house of God. Oh, but when I was able to walk in this morning, I just couldn't help but shout. I couldn't help but dance. I couldn't help but praise God. Now look, look. Y'all remember six feet, guys. Y'all remember six feet. Some of you need a little more than six feet. When y'all get going, I'll give y'all about 20 feet. Amen. So this is what happened. 
This is what happened. They say, they, they, they said, they said, you know, the reason why we need to leave the liquor stores open is because there's people that has an addiction. And if they don't get their liquor, they have all kinds of problems. Now, I feel for those people. I'm not making light of that. I said, but have you ever, have you ever seen an apostolic that don't get to go to church? <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Something starts happening. We start growing our hair long. I mean, something starts taking place in our life. It's just, I'm like, I'm like, I can't even tell what day of the week it is. Because my whole life, my whole life, my whole life revolves around the church. Woo! I said my whole life, my whole life, my whole life goes around the church. The church is in the middle. The church is in the middle. The church is in the middle. This is what happened. This is what happened. Verse number 26 says, Because they opened up the house of the Lord. Now you're looking at a country that was that was run over by the enemy. You're looking at a country that had been pretty much destroyed and trodden over by their adversaries. But when they opened up the house of the Lord, the Bible said there was great joy in Jerusalem. Woo! There was great joy in Jerusalem. Now listen to this very closely. It says there was great joy in Jerusalem for since the time of Solomon the son of David, king of Israel. There was not the light in Jerusalem. Now what it is saying is, when we, when we open the house of God's doors back up, and the children of God begin to gather around, we went back to that first joy. The first opening. Just like Solomon fell on his face and said, I'm dedicating this temple. I come to tell you today, the God that we serve, He's still here. He didn't go anywhere. Corona didn't scare Him off. He's still here. I feel Him. I feel Him. I feel Him. I feel my joy. I feel my peace. I feel my strength. I feel my help. No place. No place. No place like this place.
worship. Somebody ought to praise Him right now. Somebody ought to worship Him right now. Yesterday, I don't care about last week, but you got a right to praise Him. You ought to just go ahead and praise the Lord. You ought to just go ahead and have your Holy Ghost get in Jesus right now. Turn loose, turn loose, turn loose. Hallelujah! You got a right. 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 Praise you the Lord. 
church today. Oh, hallelujah. Dear Lord, I'm praying that nobody gets sick. I'd hate to have to go back outside. Amen. I'm glad to be in the house. I'm glad to be in the house. It brings a whole new meaning to life when you say, now, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into. I don't want to stay on the porch. Let us go into the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Lord bless you for being in the house of God today. Amen. Remember church tonight, 7 o'clock. Let's be here early for prayer. Remember, I ask you to try, try, and don't y'all huddle up and start talking. Uh, let's try to get out of here as quickly as possible. Don't spend a lot of time congregated up. Let's try our best to keep this stuff dead. Kill it, kill it, kill it. And uh, so remember church tonight. Let's come here early for prayer. Remember, if, you're, if you want to visit before church, stay in the lobby. Everyone in the church, let's be praying and seeking the face of the Lord. Lord bless you. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name.